Welcome to the Natural Life Academy. Two mums sharing simple steps to a more natural life, for better health and a happier planet. Welcome to the Natural Life Academy. I'm Kylie Ryan. And I'm Claire Cameron. And today we wanted to chat about our food philosophy, um, what it is for Claire and I, how it might be different for each of us. Um, we probably will end up giving a little bit of background as to how we got to this food philosophy, but we also want to look at how that flows on into our family. So, Claire, do you maybe want to start with, um, maybe let's start with five, five years ago what your food philosophy would have been. Five years. Uh, I'm going to start a bit earlier than that, and I'm really sorry if anyone can hear the garbage truck that you know, conveniently pulled up the second we started recording. Um, but so I was, I would almost say literally the world's fussiest child. Um, my poor mother, apparently I would eat absolutely anything until I was two. Like mum was hardcore. She was almost vegetarian, but she would buy us brains and liver and all sorts of things. Like she was big on, Kylie, you can't make faces at me when we're recording this on FaceTime. Yeah, gross, right? Um, yeah. Like, mum was very big on nutrition. And then apparently when, when I was two, I just shut my mouth and refused to eat anything. Um, and she really would have had a rough time. I would eat chicken breast, a few vegetables, sausages, white bread, even, like, processed foods and packet stuff. I was really fussy. I only liked plain stuff. So a nightmare to eat, a, a nightmare to feed. And then um, this continued for ages. Then my husband and I were t- touring around Europe. We went on a Europe trip in 2010, I think it was. And it was then that I started trying a little bit of food, of other foods, because, you no, know, the food's actually amazing in Europe and you're missing out if you don't. Um, and, you know, it was really hard to find plain chicken breast with vegetables on every menu <laughs> everywhere that I went. So I started branching out. Um, and then I came back and I brought back a few extra kilos with me um, and I joined um, an online challenge which had a meal plan in it and I sort of challenged myself to, to go with the meal plan and I started trying new things and it was then that I kind of discovered that I liked food. And then once the boys came around, it became more about nutrition and getting the good stuff into them and you know, avoiding the stuff that I didn't particularly want to get into them. And it's just kind of grown from then. And these days I pretty much eat anything. Still don't eat brains and liver. Um, but <laughs> Really? Like no, food, not even really? pate? You ever had no, a good chicken liver pate? I haven't yet. But you know what? If you gave it to me and then afterwards told me what it was, I probably would start eating it. If I gave it to you, I think even knowing what it was, you would like it. It's actually delicious. Probably. Like probably. I screwed my nose up when you said liver, but I've actually eaten it. So yeah, and I probably I ate it a lot to, as a kid. I probably just need to need to try it. But yeah, um, when you're a mum as well, sort of... you have to lead. You're kind of forced to eat things that you wouldn't normally eat because you want to lead mm. by example and yeah, show your kids that thing. you Let's will try new sure things. We... Let's make sure we cover that as yeah. well. They call right, you out, so those kids. You got to tell us your your story first. Okay, um, I I think I was a pretty good eater as a kid. I don't really remember. My mum has never said that I was super picky or anything, uh, but we did stick to our standard 
mum like had the standard veggies, you know, carrot, broccoli, beans, peas, corn, some type of potato. That was us, plus cabbage. I uh, yeah. cabbage. So my mum actually did a delicious, like she would saute cabbage, onion and bacon and it was like oh, the no, best I wouldn't have eaten side that. dish. Best. Sounds delicious now but. Yeah. It was so good. Um, and I'm actually surprised I used to eat it as a kid, but I did. I don't think she used to tell me it was cabbage, though. I don't know what mm. she used to say, but I feel like I would have not eaten it if she yeah. said it was cabbage. Um, anyway, yeah. so for me, like I was always a good eater, always much more of a veggie eater than a fruit eater. I'm still not me a big too. fruit eater. There's not a me lot of fruits that I like. Um, but Which is not, then... not common, is it? Really? No, no. And, like, mm. I... I was always a kid who quite liked the, you know, the bitter veggies. Like I would eat Brussels sprouts and I would eat broccoli and mm. not have an issue with it. Um, but for me where things started to get a little bit dicey was when I started, I had a bit of an eating disorder. I, I'm not going to say eating disorder. I kind of want to swap the language and say disordered eating. Yeah. Um, a yeah. bad relationship with food when – so we – lost our first baby and that sent me into a bit of a spiral of control, being way too controlling, weighing what I ate, like counting mm. calories, restricting, heavily restricting like good foods like avocado, bananas, you know, mm -hmm. stuff like that, um, which just, yeah, led me down a very negative path with food. I just, I think I stopped enjoying it because I felt like I was always stressing about it. Like there was no such thing as a treat, or, or, which I don't even call them treats anymore. Like there was no balance mm. whatsoever. Um, and then it, I think wanting to fall pregnant was what slowly started to change things. And then during pregnancy and post-pregnancy kind of more healed my relationship with food. And so then mm. I was adamant that having children that I wouldn't pass any of those things onto them, especially once we had our daughter, um, because I know how affected women can be. I was determined that I would never let her see me saying I'm cutting out this food because I need to lose weight or my legs look like this and so I'm not going to eat that. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that really came up on my radar with her and – yeah, so as a result, I think now I have a pretty balanced approach. So I might actually go into what what my food philosophy is for our family. Yes, now, which we're, we're both now. pretty similar. But you, t you yeah, I think so too. Yours. Yeah, so and yeah, I do think we're both going to end up saying something similar because we haven't compared notes yeah. on this. Like I've written down notes, but we haven't compared what we're both going to say. Oh, so they're so, pretty much the same. Yeah, we'll continue. Um, We'll offer some so, different perspectives. Yeah. Basically, we try to stick to food in their whole form wherever possible, um, as close to their original state as we can make them. That doesn't mean that I don't, you know, blend them and turn them into other things, but we try to keep them in their whole form as much as possible. So it's we, we don't believe in deprivation. There is no, like, it's not that we don't have, you know, Un, I'm doing the hand quotation marks, unhealthy food <laughs> in our house. We do. And there would not be a day I don't think that I wouldn't have a piece of chocolate. I can't. Like, ever. I don't think I, there's a day that goes by that I don't do that. 
Um, and it is not always like your ninety percent dark chocolate people. It is often, you know, Halloween just came and went. It was caramella koalas. <laughs> oh, I can't eat them anymore. It's too sweet. <laughs> yeah, well, look, it was a fun size one. That's the only one I can really handle. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's not always the super healthy choice. It's not always the homemade raw chocolate or anything like that. But majority of our diet is whole food based. So my family eat like we're not vegetarian, we're not vegan or anything like that. Um, I am probably more on the less meat consumption out of everyone in our family. Um, My husband and our eldest like meat more than my daughter and I, but generally it's just eating fruit, eating veggies. I like to make as much as I can where I can. So if their kids are having baked goods, it's usually something that I've made but I'm also not going to kill myself over it. And if there is a good solution at the supermarket, if I don't have time, then I will go with that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just enjoying life, like food without guilt and in moderation. Yeah, I don't think I have a lot to add to that. Other than I'm trying – I mean, this is something I've been doing for years anyway, but with the boys trying to make it that – we never talk about good and bad food or I try not to. Sometimes it comes out, you know, when you're really trying to tell them why they shouldn't eat that coloured sugar rubbish. Um, But I try and talk about food being helping them to grow up big and strong or food that just some food, I say some food, it just tastes nice. But that food doesn't actually help our bodies to be big and strong and help us run and play. So we need to make sure that we have lots of that food if we're going to have that other food that doesn't help us. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, we, we use the term because I don't like the term treat. Um, yeah, I try not to use it as well. Because but I, it is hard. It is really hard and it definitely slips out of my mouth. Mm. Um, and I try really hard not to use it only because, and I think we're probably going to dive more into this in – another episode where we specifically talk about how we feed our kids according to our food philosophy. Yeah, but yeah. the reason that I try not to say treat is because I don't want my kids to grow up seeing food as a reward because that is where I think a lot of people have ended up with poor health and overindulging and, you know, not being more aware of what they're putting into their body because they are using food as a reward. So, you know, oh, I'm, I'm down, I'm going to, I deserve to have a treat and go and have some chocolate or, you know, mm. I've had a rough, I've, I've had a big work week or I've been really good with my eating, I deserve to have a treat. Uh, it, it, it ends up being this spiral, I think, you know, and then mm. family members and I think it's, it's past generations as well um, because they went through things like the depression and things, I know that, for my family, you know, where my mum's side of the family Maltese and they showed love with food. Um, but that is, isn't that from the depression though? But it, yeah. it was really, sugar was really expensive. So things mm. like that were literally a treat. Yeah. And if um, you had, if you were paying that. to buy that, like that was, that wasn't your way of showing love to your family. And I do understand it, but in today's society, because we don't, we don't have, those a lot well I'm going to say a lot of people don't have those money worries anymore so we really don't have to worry about that um Mm. but we still have that mentality of 
treating ourselves and using food as a reward. So I'm really mindful of that with my kids. Um, I Mm. prefer for them to, you know, choose some type of reward where it's like going to a park or going to the beach, going to the, go to a favorite place or playing a board game or even like having a movie night, you know, things like that, that are not, um, yeah, not eating as a form of reward, which is why Mm. I try, try my best, but I'm definitely not killing it. Uh, yeah. in terms of oh. not using the word treat. Yep, and can we just say that, yeah, we're not, as we've said in pretty much every episode, we're not killing it in any of this stuff. We're just doing <laughs> no. our best and sharing yeah. what our ultimate goal is. Yeah, um, and we and are hopefully still... offering you tips on. Yeah, and I don't that. think we're ever really going to reach our ultimate goal. Like there is no. no, I don't have an end goal of perfection and what that looks like in our, the way we eat. Um yeah, that certainly doesn't enter my mind. But I, th- I think something that's really changed in my mind almost almost recently is that I just think of food so much as what it's doing for my body versus anything else. So like people say, oh, how can you resist that chocolate bar sitting there or something? I'm like, it, that just isn't a thing for me anymore. Mm. Do you Look, know sometimes what I mean? it is for me, especially. Oh, yeah. oh, I have I'm a six-month-old, pretty sleep-deprived. So I feel like, and I feel like that's an, also a type of awareness as well, as well, though, which is what you're talking about. That thinking about hmm. what things do for your body. Like, yes, I am sleep-deprived, and there are days where I wake up and the first thing that I want to do is have a piece of chocolate. But on those days, it might be choosing the best option to get that fix like it might be yeah. okay what ways can I get that chocolate fix but in a way that's going to serve my body more and actually give me more energy as opposed to give me that sugar crash later which is going to make exactly. me feel worse so exactly. instead of going for the you know piece of Cadbury chocolate that is in my pantry it might be making a smoothie that's got cacao and chocolate protein powder in it but also has zucchini, spinach, banana, you know, oats, yeah, chia seeds, things that are going to sustain my body, keep me going, give me, you know, essential nutrients and things that my body can use as opposed to just going for that quick sugar fix. Or my other thing with that is if I really decide, you know what, I really want a brownie today and I don't want – a chickpea brownie or a black <laughs> yeah. bean brownie. Or a sweet I want potato a freaking amazing brownie. I'm not just going to go to Coles and buy some packet. I'm going to go to my local super fancy organic bakery and I'm going to buy one of their amazing sourdough brownies and I'm going to enjoy every mouthful of it without an ounce of guilt. Or well, for so me, I'm, I'm going to make yeah. my own. Yeah. And and I'm going to enjoy it. And I'm then like, there's going to be leftovers, but then I'm going to let my kids enjoy it and my husband mm. enjoy it. And then I'm probably going to put the rest in the freezer for another day where I feel like when I really want to bloody enjoy feeling. it because yeah. that's going to come. But for me, my thing is I know what's gone into it. And yes, there's going to be a mm. shitload of sugar in there, but yeah. there's also not going to be preservatives and there's not going to be emulsifiers and there's not going to be fake colours and there's not going to be things that are masking as other things. Same. I'm going to know what's going into it. I think I did a post, actually it might have been my Instagram stories the other day, that I said it's not all 
whole food health stuff around our house. The other day, Sunday, oh, the boys said, we really want that coffee cake. I'm like, what are you talking about? We've never made coffee cake. Anyway, worked out that they meant tea cake, which is a cinnamon tea cake that my grandma taught me to make that was her mother's recipe. And it's like you know, the ultimate in memories for me. It has zero nutritional value. It's literally flour, sugar, eggs, milk. That's it with sugar and cinnamon on top. That's not that it's got zero nutritional value. Egg, eggs no. are good. <laughs> and I use, I use Rapidura sugar because that's all, the only sugar I've got and I think we use spelt flour. So it does have some nutritional value because those are the ingredients that we've got. But we made it together. They actually made it. I just measured out some of the things for them or helped them measure it and it was just such a nice thing. So, yeah, I guess we've really – and in our roundabout way, it's not about restriction – it's about choosing the best possible option mm-hmm. um, and thinking about when you're eating, I suppose. I was, I was about to say being more conscious when you eat. Yeah. And I want to say that, but please don't think that I'm like that all the time because I have mindlessly walked into my pantry or opened my fridge and demolished like – something that was shit for me that's in there without even thinking about it, not savouring every bite and really chewing it, like just inhaling it. Mm. Um, But I think when you practice, like over time, when you're doing these things more often and, you know, you're being more aware of what you put into your body and you're trying to make better choices, you do naturally majority of the time become more conscious when you eat. You know, when I am baking something, even if it is a complete, like, some, I try and use the word sometimes food in place of treat yeah, food. Yeah. Even yeah. if it's a complete sometimes food that I'm making, um, even if it is a complete sometimes food that I'm making, then I am more aware of the type of flour that I'm using and, you know, the type of sugar that I'm using. And like Claire said, you know, Rapidura sugar, we try and use the less refined version of things where we can, but that's not to say that sometimes we don't just make a good old chocolate cake that's got, you know, white sugar in it. Yeah. So you said, I'm going to take a trigger from you. You said about refined using the less refined option. So I guess if we were giving people some examples of um, what our whole food version of things are. So obviously fruit and vegetables, that's whole foods, nuts, seeds. Um, so something that comes from a plant. But if we're talking about, say, shopping at the supermarket and where I'll give the example of, say, butter. So if we're going for butter, we are buying the most pure form that we can get. So basically you want butter that's, cream the bit of salt right milk no milk say milk and salt i haven't actually looked on the ingredients of my butter it's great anyway should have two ingredients as opposed to buying say margarine in a spreadable container so i'll buy a block of butter versus margarine that if you look at the ingredients there's not a lot in there that our body recognizes so it's food that our body recognizes if we're buying flour instead of buying bleached white flour we're buying the less refined spelt flour or even whole grain flour. So whole grain flour is the less refined version of normal flour. Um, what other examples would you look for there, Kylie? Um, and fewer ingredients if you are buying something packaged. So for yeah. us, 
we try to avoid numbers. not to. Yeah, avoiding numbers. Um, for me, it would be things like I would never buy a jar of tomato pasta sauce. I buy tin tomatoes and I keep them in my pantry. And from that, I will make tomato pasta sauce. I'll use it in casseroles, in curries, in all sorts of things rather than just buying that one sauce that might have preservatives and numbers and additives in it. But it also works out a bit more, a bit less expensive with your cooking. Mm. It's even um, things that people don't think to look at. I mean, I think things like bread on the surface yes. seem like they're only going to be a few ingredients but then when you flip them over you know you go and you grab your standard supermarket bread you flip those in that packet over and you look at the ingredients and there is a heap of stuff in there that you don't need in bread like if anyone has ever actually made their own bread before you'll know that it's like four or five ingredients which is insanely easy fyi <laughs> it is it's ridiculously easy and it's actually extremely satisfying like one of the most satisfying things i totally agree i think it's um yeah i don't know even just the process of it like kneading dough is very therapeutic but if you don't have time to knead dough if you've got like a food processor or you know yes a thermomix does it but you don't need a thermomix but there are so many ways hold on and what's the you and i were talking about a recipe you've tried the recipe with you don't even have to knead it Oh, no, my latest no bread that dough. I've been making is literally you mix it up, you leave it to rest. That's it. You leave it to rest for 12 hours, then you shape it, and then you bake it two hours later. Yeah. It's like literally five minutes hands-on. Yeah. So they're, they're like, it's so easy. It tastes so much better, but we just forget to look at those things because we think they're not going to have all the crap ingredients in them because they're not, you know, lollies or chocolate or anything like that. And on the other side, I feel like we're led to believe that they must be difficult to buy, must be difficult to make because everybody buys them and they're so readily available where they're really not. It's even things like dips. I think people believe that they must be hard to make. Pestos, Mm. you know, those types of things. Curry pastes. People think that those things are really, really hard to make. Because they've got so many ingredients, but they don't need all of those ingredients when you make them. This episode was sponsored by Low Tox Home, our online program where you will learn how to make simple, natural swaps in your home to save money and improve your family's health in less than five minutes a week. For more information or to enroll, head to clairecarecreations.com forward slash Low Tox Home. There's um, Mm. things that people buy, I think for me, like the biggest example of something that I thought that I could never make myself when I was first starting out because it must be hard and I'd never get the same good flavor was a taco or a fajita seasoning. Oh, yeah. And it's so easy. Man, that's easy. (laughs) Yep. I will share share my um, fajita recipe in the show notes because I reckon that is way better than that packet mix oh it's my favorite i will never so good ever go back to a different fajita seasoning recipe ever mm. Mm. um so we should probably also we're going to talk about yes we stick to like whole foods and things like that but there are some products that we buy specifically to boost the nutritional value um, and they're not things that are you, mm. you can't get them from 
like whole foods generally. Um, do you want to go through the stuff that you buy maybe, Claire, and we'll compare notes? I think it's probably the same. Um, oh, what would be probably the number one thing that I buy to add to all our food is collagen. Um, so really good form of protein, really good for our gut and just a great thing to add to kids' food. Plus it's flavorless, colorless, odorless. You can put it in baking. You can put it in smoothies. You can put it in ice blocks, um, stews, soups, bag bowl, jellies, everything. Um, I think it's worth it's, noting if people have not really heard much about collagen, we need to probably mention that it, it is an animal product. Yes. Um, yeah. So, you know, if you're vegan and listening to this and you don't really know much about collagen, I wouldn't be buying collagen to add to your yeah, diet. Collagen is an animal product. It is not vegetarian. Um, also look for organic grass-fed collagen. Yeah. Um, um, should we maybe mention brands that we have purchased like i personally buy neutral organics yeah, yeah. yeah neutral organics is the collagen that i get as well that i love mm. um, yeah, it's not too expensive out there. it's readily available yeah deliver to your door that's handy that's, yeah, they're exactly. also this is another so another product that i buy and i don't make i have made but it honestly for me wasn't worth it i buy bone broth powder um, yes from neutral organics as well I know you're you're much better at making your bone broth. Well, than I do I am. buy I do buy the powder to add to things um, like bolognese and stews and stuff. But if a recipe calls for now, here comes the recycling truck. <laughs> if a recipe calls for stock, um, like risotto, say something like that, I will generally use the broth that I have. Mm. Um, I'll I nearly always have jars of it in the freezer, or I've made it the night before from my chicken carcass. Um, what else do we add Um, things like greens powders you can get I mean there's there are a dime a dozen really you need to kind of do your research on which ones to get because you can just get really like there are supermarket brands that sell super greens powders Um, I feel like this is one that can be a little bit controversial I mean I don't personally buy greens powders Um, I generally i mean i know you do both but i generally hide the real veg in my kids food instead of a greens powder or i have also in the past um dehydrated some kale or some baby spinach i was just about to say that and blended (laughs) that down to a powder in the nutribullet and just made it myself um the other thing well the last thing for greens powder is um for colouring, like if you want to make, um, now I can't even think of an example, but if you make like for, ice cream or something like a natural yeah, ice or cream if you're making, banana. I mean, I would have to say I don't actually really buy it very often, but if I just want to add a bit of extra, you know, if people have been sick or if I'm not feeling fantastic, I know I've already put the goodness into my smoothie, but sometimes you just want a little bit extra. Um, or you, you know your fruit and veg. We get fruit and veg once a week. Get it um, a set box, and it comes on a Saturday. So maybe it's a Friday morning, and we're running low on stuff. So that's another way to add a bit of stuff, a bit of nutrients, I suppose. Mm. Um, Just really take note to look at the ingredients on your green 
greens powders, people. That's because the thing. You can be being charged an arm and a leg for really crappy ingredients just because yep. they've labelled it a greens powder. So very yeah, much would... making sure it's organic because greens, especially if it's got leafy greens and things in it, um, very highly sprayed. Yeah, I think it. That's why I think that's why I prefaced it with you've really got to do your research. Things like alternative things i suppose like spirulina yeah we um, buy spirulina and beetroot powder kelp um, as coloring yes really good i guess the things that you can't readily buy yourself like i wouldn't buy a greens powder that had kale and spinach in it personally mm. because i'd rather get the like we said the whole food version but mm-hmm. things like spirulina you can't really buy readily yeah. at shops all right, I think that's enough greens, <laughs> greens yeah. talk. What else would you say? Um, I think that's probably the only, the only things that we buy that are like, you know, things to ingredients to bulk up stuff. I mean, I do use gelatin would be one other. Yeah, I do. I feel this is one that people don't know to really please buy organic gelatin. Yes, because um, gelatin is actually. Collagen, gelatin, kind of the same, really, same benefits, but gelatin obviously sets things and collagen doesn't. Um, Someone can probably hear a crying baby in the background. That's all right. (sighs) We're mums. This is real life, people. (laughs) I think you can hear my son out there as well. Yeah, so just buy, buy yourself an organic gelatin because otherwise you are losing out on the benefits that it gives to the gut so yeah but that's probably the only other thing i mean we buy a few superfood powders but not very often like we might buy maca powder that's kind of it yeah yeah true i'm not using it at the moment because pregnant but that is another thing that i add um okay what else will we talk about so we we said that we make a lot of our, our foods from scratch um, or even make our own bread, but but we are mums. Kylie has three children. I have almost three children. Like we don't always have time to make everything from scratch. No. So when we do buy things like bread, we just make sure that we buy the best quality that we possibly can. So yeah. for me, we have a bakery literally a few blocks away that is an organic sourdough bakery that has a mother that I think is like 90 years old. So if you're not familiar with a mother, it's a sourdough starter. So instead of using yeast, they use an actual culture. Um, and the one that they use is 90 years old um, originally moly, from France. That's old. It is a very from old France. mother. Wow. I once asked them if I could purchase some and they wouldn't let me. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So just looking for the best quality and not restricting like Saturday morning is our bakery day where the boys will go and they can choose something for the bakery and they might choose a chocolate bagel or they choose a sourdough donut or, and they enjoy it. They don't have it every day. It's a Saturday morning thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do we outsource? That's, that's pretty much it for me. What about you? I outsource things like um, good quality mayonnaise. Oh, yes, things like that. Yep, mm. good point. Those type of things I will definitely outsource, um, like, yeah, sauces and things. So, you know, a good quality barbecue sauce or something along those lines. We say, I'm going to say a brand, Roses, has yeah. really good 
really good um, things like that. There's also now I know that if you're looking at bone broths and stuff, um, what is it, Meadow Marrow? Meadow Marrow, I think it is. Yeah. They have like gut-loving mayonnaise, barbecue sauce, those types yes. of things, like marinades now. And they look really, really good. Um, Primal Kitchen is another company that do some really good quality sauces with a base of avocado oil instead of your yucky oils that are often in a lot of those products. Um, But, yeah, I have found roses to be the most easily accessible when it comes to good quality sources. And, like, they've got family-owned pestos and things as well. Mm. So I know a lot of people don't want to make their own pesto because, again, they feel like that's too hard. So there's, They do yeah, a dairy-free pesto as well and a nut-free, yeah. I think. Mm. They do a good sun-dried tomato one too. Oh. Anyway, Silly lunchtime. Don't talk about yeah, that. I'm starving um, while we are recording this. Yeah, so we've, talking about food. Yeah. Um, there is probably one last thing that I want to say is yeah. um, I, I am very particular on not – labeling the way that I eat. Mm. I don't label myself as paleo or whatever. Um, I mean, I'm not paleo because I eat grains, but regardless of like my, the way that I eat is, it doesn't, it's not that it necessarily always changes, but I'm much more tuned into my body now. You know, I don't really eat meat anymore, but again, that it varies, you know, when I'm pregnant, I do eat meat because I feel like I want meat when I'm pregnant. But generally now, like I'm, I'm six months, nearly seven months out of that postpartum period and I'm slowly going back to not wanting to eat meat. But I'm not going to label myself a vegetarian or a vegan or a pescatarian because that's a bit of a slippery slope for me. And my brain can get very fixated on doing something a certain way and trying to be perfect at it. And if I label the way that I eat and I feel like this is really useful for anyone who has ever had an issue with food. If I label the way that I eat, then I feel like I need to definitely stick to that instead of giving myself some grace and allowing myself to enjoy things that I like. Like I'm never going to go vegan because I like feta cheese and I do like chocolate that has milk in it. Can you stop actually naming foods Sorry. because I'm going to start <laughs> drooling. <laughs> but, but I use bone broth in things and, you know, I'm just, mm. I'm never going to label myself because I, it's, yeah, it's going to end up bad for me. And you know what? I, I think this is just my theory that that's a bit of a type A personality thing. I think it is too. I am totally the same. I've tried to stick to a diet plan that was just three weeks of gluten and dairy-free. And I'm not too bad at um, not having gluten. I don't – my body doesn't love it very much, so I don't have too much. Yeah. Um, But having to stick to it nearly sent me nuts because I was being so restrictive and so hard on myself. It – it just was not a good thing. So, yeah, trying not to label it or totally restrict yourself. All right. So I think 
I think we've pretty much covered it. So basically our philosophy is whole food in as natural a state as possible. So as close to nature as possible um, and as least refined as possible. We try and stay away from ingredients that our body won't recognize. So it's all about feeding, nourishing our bodies, not labeling food as good or bad, um, not being too hard on ourselves and trying to make things from scratch, but also not recognizing that we can't do that all the time. So looking for the best options that we can, trying to get the most nutritional bang for our buck in most things, but also accepting that that's not always going to happen and enjoying food, not thinking of food as um, something to be restricted, something to feel guilty about, just really enjoying it because food is really made to be enjoyed. Yeah, it's part of life. It's something we have to eat to survive, so we may as well make it worthwhile. Um, I don't know about you, but I get a lot of joy from food. (laughs) I literally think about food like 80% of my day. Yeah. It's a highlight for me. And it should be because it's so important for us. We are literally, literally, we are what we eat. Like that saying is so true. That's what we are made of. Um, Yeah. So we're going to talk. I know people might be thinking, but okay, fine. How do you do that for kids? We're going to talk more about that. We're we're going to do a whole episode on how we feed our kids according to this whole philosophy. Um, and don't worry, we're covering fussy eaters because I have one of the world's fussiest children who's getting yeah, fussier by the day. Here's my karma. Kids are no different to everyone else's. No, no. No, except your child the other day when she was requesting fancy food, fancy healthy yeah, food. Yeah, I don't know. They had, they're, they're going through a period of being really good, but it's not going to last. I'm not kidding yeah. myself. Yeah. Yeah, we are just like, we, we have normal children just like anyone else. If not, I have one super fussy one, which, yeah, totally my karma for my fussiness growing up. But, yeah, we'll cover that in another episode. Yeah. All right, so thank you very much for listening and uh, we will see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Natural Life Academy. If you love this episode, we would really appreciate you would leave a little review for us and tell us what you think. And if you want more from us, head over to Facebook and join the Natural Life Facebook group where we will share more tips, tricks, recipes, and of course, inspiration for your natural life.